Welcome to the Sea Change Podcast with Audrey Lawrence, helping you smash your goals and unstick what's holding you back using the best hack from science and psychology. And now, here's Audrey. Hey, it's Audrey Lawrence, and welcome to another episode of the Sea Change Network, broadcasting on WWPR or wherever you get your Sea Change podcast from. Understanding why our brains do that and how we can borrow from science, psychology, and high-level business to reach our own goals. And today's guest is no different, Carson V. Hetty author of Birth of a Salesman and Salesman on Fire. When you need to understand how you're going to get it done, Carson is the guy that I look to. And today I'd like to welcome him to the show. Welcome, Carson. Audrey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. You know, for me, Carson, this journey happened on this single point that we as people miss hitting our goals 93% of the time. Isn't that staggering? You know, I find that if we were to empower ourselves with some of these tools, tools that work in the business place and really bring these things into our lives, we can see that we can move out of that 93% failure rate and move closer to what our dreams are. And I think that is a really interesting point when we talk about sales, because if I told a corporation that they were only going to succeed 7% of the time, they'd probably fire me. Like I'd, I'd be looking for a new job. If 7% was the opportunity rate for anybody, or if 7% was the first time you tried and you never tried again, we'd all be, you know, we'd be looking for a new life. What do you say to your sales team when they hit that brick wall, when they have that failure, when they go into meet with a client and suddenly they're met with that gatekeeper that holds all the information back. What are some tips we can garner from sales that then we'll convert into our own life? Yeah, that's a fantastic question, Audrey. I, I think it's really critical for us to understand and embrace statistics like that. Um, and even the statistics that govern what we do. Um, you know, you can only do so much as a seller, as a sales leader, um, but you have to control the variables that are controllable. Um, and you also have to ensure that your focus is soundly on people and process. Now, the people, the ones that you're interacting with, those could be folks on your team, those could be colleagues, uh, those could be clients, those could be business partners, those could be vendors, uh, anybody that we touch, kind of that sales food chain, as it were, uh, you've got to ensure that you're adding value in those relationships. And I think that's, that's a critical component, um, specifically when you're looking to add value for clients. Where I see sellers fail is when they go out with something that is similar to what everybody else is doing, where you're just trying to give a, a long list of these are all the things that I think I can do. Um, that's like walking into a doctor's office and getting a diagnosis and a prescription within minutes. That That's it's not feasible, but yet we do that all the time. Um, on the same token, the process element of it. Um, I think one area that, that we've got to be more focused on is looking at the probability of success of the things that we're doing. We can control quality of outreach and we can control quantity of people that we reach out to. And we've got to find the balance of depth and breadth as we're doing that. So when I'm working with sellers and I'm, I'm, I'm coaching salespeople, um, I'm encouraging them to focus not only on finding all of the right people and getting them in the boat with them, um, but focusing on the quality of outreach that they're making and also understanding the probability of their actions. A lot of people may reach out to one, two, five, ten 10 people in an organization, um, but 
is what's your probability of success uh, if you're only reaching out to a small number? If you broaden your net and widen your reach, you've got a much higher probability of forging those successful relationships if you have a quality message. So control the controllables. Nice. You know what? I love the probability factor. I think when we come with our, when it comes to our own goals in our own life, if we attempt something and wow, that was very painful and we're not comfortable with that, failure sucks. And what happens is our brain is built differently than the business world. Our brain tells us that, oh, fire is hot and to stay away from it. And hedonically, we naturally have a sense to pull back from anything that's painful or to review or have a retrospective in anything that had a negative experience. And what that does is suspend our own progress. And in business, the difference is, is when we have a failure, at least as a scrum master, it is that single point of retrospective. That is the point that we look at, we piece apart, we figure out a plan, and then we figure out what our next attack method is going to be. In business, I have seen, I mean, I've heck, I've drafted business funnel, customer relationship packages where we're measuring friction points. But in our own life, a single friction point can be that single thing that causes us to recuse ourselves from all of these experiences. So we want to borrow from that. And what I heard was probability. If we can put into our mind, our personal goal, fill in the blank, you want to go own a business, you want to go write a book, you want to go fill in the blank for yourself. You have to play that probability factor. And if you were a sales guy selling yourself, it wouldn't be acceptable to send it to one editor. It wouldn't be acceptable to send in one business application. You'd have to continue to try. But in our own lives, we're not given those tools. Sales guys have endless tools, unlimited amounts of resources. Billions of dollars have been spent to be able to procure a better transaction. But in our own lives, what do we get? go get back on that horse, five words, like five words that hold back my entire life's success. And we need to borrow from that funnel. We need to take what it is to use sales training and use it for ourselves. So I love the idea of you isolating probability. I think that that is a real equation to walk into the conversation and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to fail X amount of times instead of ouch, failure hurts. I'm going to give it up to the process that I won't get a yes until I get 10 failures, 20 failures, 30 failures. How important is your goal to you being willing to take the beatings? Are you willing to take the beatings? So when you have a guy who's come back to you and they're like, boss, I'm beaten, I'm done. What is that pep talk that that you tell one of your guys, just, you know, you're at the end of a long day and he didn't make his quarterlies and numbers are down and, you know, he's not sticking and landing these accounts like he hoped he would. What is that internal conversation or that friend conversation that you share leading these teams? Audrey, I love your perspective. Um, I think you're so right that you can apply this to every facet of life, whether it's you know trying to get a book published or uh, trying to get a job. And when I'm coaching folks that are either uh, looking for work or they're in sales roles um, and they're struggling, you know, they're not meeting success. Uh, just because you try to go around the wall over here or over here doesn't mean you can't scale it or find another way around. Um, and I think that's the critical component is that you can take a step back and uh, judge the situation dispassionately. Um, because I, I believe that, again, it's it's often emotion um, that gets the best of us, that gets us to think 
hey, I can't do this, or, um, you know, my goodness, I've exhausted all possibilities. And that's just not the case. There's always another way. And even if there isn't, um, sometimes you do have to look back on situations, whether it be a loss or whether it be a stalemate, and analyze how you got there and say, you know, I did everything that I could within my power. I controlled the controllables. I managed the milestones. I brought in the right resources, leveraged the tools. You hit the nail on the head. There's a lot of tools at our disposal and people and resources that we need to make sure maybe it's a second set of eyes that we need on this, or maybe it's, um, you know, the, it's very rare, especially in sales, that you're reinventing a wheel. Um, similar situations have been done elsewhere, oftentimes. Uh, so reaching out to other people that you trust, um, that's why these relationships matter so much. It's not only about creating relationships in potential client organizations, it's about creating kind of a, a board of trustees, a lot of people call it now, where it's trusted advisors that you can reach out to. So uh, whereas I get to serve that role for certain people, you know, I would encourage you, if you're a seller, have a lot of those types of people, or even if you're anywhere in your career, have those types of people that can weigh in, give you other ways to analyze the problem. Because again, if we go back and we look at it without emotion, which is often challenging, but looking at from a probability perspective, what what's the situation we're in? What are the parameters? And then try to break it into bite-sized chunks, break it into where am I getting the pushback? Where am I faltering? Where am I stumbling? If you pinpoint just that one problem, often it becomes a lot clearer. Rather than looking to hurdle the entire thing or climb the entire mountain in one chunk, just figure out how to put one foot in front of the other in that problem. And it will, it will make the path much clearer. I love that. I think that you nailed it with the step back. It's interesting. I'm talking about grabbing business methodologies to win in our own life, but business has already done that. When they reach out, when they talk about, and you talk so much about creating relationships, that's not, that's newer business methodology, but back in the day, relationship and sort of what you blend is, is sort of not done. And it's interesting to see that business has borrowed from real life, which is build a relationship, find trustees. We call it mentors. Of course, find your mentor and build that up. But it's interesting that business has adapted and have been very agile to borrow from life. Now, life and life's goals need to adapt and borrow from business. And what I heard you say is just don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to fortify those relationships, create authentic connections, take business cards and names, as I say, along the way, and create that infrastructure. Because when you need your own pep talk, when no one can pick you up, the only people that can see the path are the people that have been there before you. And if you can help transpire and make the transparency of this path more clear, it's because you've met people who have seen the road. So I love the idea of trustees, a board of trustees and mentors. And, you know, mentors don't necessarily have to be a, a relationship. It doesn't have to be, I asked you to be my mentor. I write about it in the book, but I'll tell you, Carson, you've been a mentor to me inadvertently because I've been following you. And I love your conversations about making connected relationships. And it's not just the job, it's the person. And if you prioritize your value and your purpose as a friend or as, or you create strength in who you are and value in your relationship, that the business contact will just be fortified. So I love what I'm hearing on that. So, okay. So let me recap. 
we are, when we hit a wall, we're going to take a step back. We're going to think about what our resources are. We're going to reach out. And if we haven't yet created that board of trustees and those mentors, we're going to create, start thinking about creating that larger circle. Because listen, nobody gets their goal on a weekend. So if you've got a year or five years, if you don't have this piece of the puzzle, it's not that your journey's over. It's time to pull back and put some of this action into play. So let's pretend that I hit a wall and I'm working and it didn't work out for me. And I've decided I wanted to reach out and create my board of trustees and mentors. Any thoughts, Carson, on how I can start becoming aligned with people who are like-minded or purpose-driven like me? Yeah, that's an excellent question. I think it's, it's also important to look at what what do you want that output to be of those relationships? You've got to really consider, um, you know, and I can speak to just my own journey. And I'll also say too, just acknowledging that, that you want to make that positive change, that's a step in and of itself. I talk to people all the time that they claim that they're willing to or want to make a change, but the reality is they're not willing to make the steps consistently to step in an uncomfortable direction. And that's why we get mired in mediocrity. Uh, that's why such a small, scant few actually achieve goals is because we're afraid to be uncomfortable for that prolonged period of time. It's one thing to do it for a little bit. You know, maybe I start a new diet and I do it for a day or two or three and I feel great. But um, if I start to get uncomfortable with it, what do we do once we hit that brick wall? And that's the important piece. So what we've uncovered covered today, Audrey, is just that importance of having those people around you that can be that trusted advisor. And I like that you drew a line, you know, you delineated between calling them a mentor, because I think we get a picture in our, in our mind, like, I've got to find this regal person to counsel me and consult. It's not about that. It's about finding people that First off, you feel that you can actually be vulnerable with. Um, I need somebody that I can actually go to and say, I don't know what to do with this. Um, this is what I'm encountering, uh, but I don't know what to do with this. And I would appreciate your guidance and your feedback. And that's really as simple as the conversation looks. It could be a friend. It could be somebody that knows you. It could be somebody that you've known for some years. Frankly, in recent years, I found the most success finding people that are doing what I want to do. Uh, maybe it's a role that I think I might want down the road. Maybe it's somebody who is an influencer in the space that I want to be an influencer in. It could just be if you're trying to create a business relationship, could be somebody who's a successful successful seller in your organization, you know. Um, but you hit on something earlier too, Audrey. We can't be afraid to ask. You just have to put the ask out there. The worst thing that happens is you don't get a response. But again, probability dictates that if we reach out to a handful of people that we respect with a respectful, quality message, asking for feedback and guidance, and just the opportunity to chat, the likelihood is you'll get some good responses. Um, the last thing I would say on that thread is I've had the, the real pleasure of having some quality mentors in the last several years. And I was always one of those who thought, yeah, do I need a mentor? Do I need that formal? It's, it's, it isn't so important that you formalize it per se. It isn't so important that you set up some regular cadence right out of the gate. Just meet people, have a conversation, and then try to lay yourself as bare as you can. Be vulnerable about the things that you are good at but also want to grow with. And you'll be surprised the level of quality conversations and relationships that can form just that way. It has impressed the heck out of me. And I guarantee you that it will for anyone listening today. Amazing. You know what? I've heard own it, ask for it, and be willing to hear. This is Audrey Lawrence. We're going to be back after the break. More from Carson Heading. 
Hey, it's Audrey Lawrence, and welcome to another episode of the Sea Change Network. We're joining Carson B. Hetty, author of Birth of a Salesman and Salesman on Fire, understanding how we can take business methodologies and add them to our own lives to achieve real success. Well, Carson, let me tell you, before the break, you told me a couple things, and I've just sort of boiled it down. I've distilled it down to own what you want, what you're going for, ask who you're going to decide that you're going to ask, be willing to ask. And when you find that person you're asking, be willing to hear, like laying it out there and being vulnerable and being willing to hear. That's sometimes a hard thing. Like we think we know, or we, we want to tell somebody what we want to hear, but how do I just, you know, zip it up, which is so hard for me clearly. uh, And just, you know, let the critique, not criticism, but the critique wash over me. Has there ever been a time when you're like, you know, taking the medicine is a little bit tough? Without a doubt. Um, when I was coming up as a as a seller and as a, a leader in my younger days, um, I remember how challenging it was to accept constructive feedback. Um, and I look back at it now and I'm very thankful for that feedback because it stuck with me. It resonated. Um, at the time, I didn't get it. I didn't, I didn't know... Um, you know, no, there, there's no way that, um, you know, that I need to work on these areas or things of that stature. I think there has to be the ability to be humble and to, even in, even in poor relationships that I've had with managers over time, I've still now in hindsight been able to look back and pull the nuggets out that have been successful. And I think the moral of that story is that no matter what relationship you have, there's something that you can take from it. Um, Sometimes it's what not to do, but more often than not, it is things that you can apply. Because again, everybody has their value. Everybody is in their role for a reason. So uh, you can grab those nuggets and, and those morsels along the way. But I think one of the areas that that I've struggled with, and I think a lot of other folks do as well, is really knowing, um, you know, what is that next step in my career or my life? Um, what could I be doing? What should I be doing? What more should I be doing? Um, where mentors and, and those types of relationships, those board of trustee relationships have really helped me, to your point, is that that ability to go forth and, and just say, like, this is where I believe my trajectory to be. These are the things that I've identified that I want to work on within myself. Um, but just given your experience, you know, when you're talking to your mentor, given your experience, um, you know, kind of where you've seen people uh, in my role be successful, what types of resources should I be availing myself of? What books should I read? What, you know, what types of groups should I be a part of? Or really just frankly, what should I be on the lookout for within myself to, uh, to, to grow? Uh, what aptitudes do I need to develop? Um, and, and a lot of times for me, what I've benefited from the most, because I think a lot of people, especially sellers fall into this bucket, we benefit from shadowing. We benefit from being out there um, on the front lines, being a fly on the wall in some of these conversations. Uh, where can you spend time with people that are doing well at what you want to be doing? And um, sometimes it's just that opportunity to uh, to be a part. I have zero shame about asking somebody, somebody who I respect that's doing well um, at something that I want to improve at, uh, you know, how can I, when can I get some time with you? And again, sometimes you'll get those meetings. Sometimes you won't. But if you don't ask, you for sure won't get it. And yes, you've got to come to the table completely open to uh, to listen. You're not always going to like what you hear, uh, but you've got to make sure that you accept it, take it all in, and then figure out where you can apply it in your process. 
I'm going to hark back to the beginning, people in process, you've got your work constantly evolving process, but consistent execution of process is what's going to lead to consistent results. Absolutely. But you know, what I'm hearing is this agileness, this willing to cast a net and be willing to take new information in and let that critique come over you and not to be sort of in the weeds about the small stuff. Just be willing to keep those ears really wide because mentors come in all packages, boards of trustees. It doesn't necessarily need to be one single thought leader. If you have a weakness in one aspect as a writer, if it's in editing, or if you have a weakness in your field, it's okay to reach out to someone who's not perfectly aligned in that exact field, but can help strengthen that skill set for you. Skill sets are found all over the place. It's not necessarily in that you know, guys sitting on that Ivy League shelf with the NBA behind him. That'd be nice. Sometimes our fairy godmothers pop out like a mentor, but sometimes we just sort of have to roll our sleeves up. And like you say, start posturing and shadowing after the people who have done it. And sometimes questions can be really small. I reached out to you in a very small forum, asking questions about how I could get FaceTime, asking questions from other people in the same network about how I can move my agenda forward. And like you said, if we're able to deal with the math and understand that you're going to get, you know, one answer back for every 50, your kind persistence of trying to create an inverse value to everybody and declaring what your purpose is, being really clean about your efforts and earnest and transparent about your, like you said, the humbleness. If you're willing to take that forward, somebody's going to identify that this is an earnest heart's wish and there's an opportunity to do good and connect the dots in your own life. But It'll never happen if you don't cast that net. If you don't put yourself out there, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of don't. If you don't ask, I guarantee you it ain't going to happen. So creating that method in our own lives, a practice of asking, which is really tough. You know, it's if you give me something to sell, I can sell it to you all day long. I've worked for the biggest and the best and I've sold it. But when it comes to selling my attributes or my skills or being able to say that I'm capable of something in our own lives, not just in, in the writing space, which we will share, but in just about anything, we've been taught to be so modest and humble. And that is, there's a difference between being humble and being self-deprecating. Is there any words that you have for us when somebody needs to go out there and tackle their own goals like a sales guy, to put on that helmet that protects them, the shield from doubt, to say, it's okay to sell. It's okay to sell your concept, your mentality, your gifts and your talents. It's okay to share that with the world and not have to be self-deprecating about it. You don't have to apologize for your success. You don't have to explain away why you found this fortune in your life. It's yours and it's okay to own it. I think a lot of people struggle personally with owning the identity that they have a skill set and it's okay to tout it. People buy from people, so you, you couldn't be more right, Audrey, that we have to be genuine in our approach, and we have to um, really just seek to find where can we add value for other people, and I think a lot of the, the rest of it falls into place. When you genuinely try to seek a connection, you come to it without you know any real pretense other than where can I add value in this situation, in this scenario? Um, you've got a stronger footing. You've got a better probability at, at least creating fertile ground for 
for a dialogue, for a, a relationship. Certainly, after you have that first conversation, that's what's going to dictate, do you have a second? Do you have a third? So if you're working with a client, um, you know, it's, you know, those are the types of things that, that are going to enhance the probability of success is how you, how you reach out um, and how you present yourself. Also that communication element. Um, you know, a lot of the same things that we strive to have in our personal relationships are the ones that matter most in business. Um, having uh, trust, having transparency, uh, having regular communication uh, and, and responding. Um, you know, just, and, and I point these out, even though a lot of them should probably be without saying, but it's amazing that it needs to be said because I, I believe that that's where a lot of our relationships falter in the business world and in the sales world is because we take things for granted. We take relationships for granted. Um, we don't clearly communicate um, our desires and we don't look for a way for everyone to win. We can't go in short-sighted. We can't go in with a transactional mindset. Uh, we can't go in thinking about how, oh, how am I going to win? How am I going to get um, what my edict is? And oftentimes, again, I'm going to go back to what we talked about before. It requires us to slow down the process and take a step back and realize what's really important about these uh, these components. It's it, people and process. And as you mentioned, we do have to have agility around process. We've got to be able to evolve as the parameters change. Um, the playing field is going to change all the time, and we've got to make sure that we adjust accordingly. But once we figure out that there's a process that needs to be followed, we've got to execute on that process consistently. Because if we fail to, we fail to adhere to some of these milestones, manage toward them, leverage the right resources, we're going to fail, period. And that's where I think a lot of times, you know, we we get upset about that. We get pulled into maybe comfortable ways, old comfortable ways of failing or mediocrity. And then that's when we go back down that negative path. We've got to course correct. And sometimes that is a, an hourly thing. Sometimes it's a daily thing, uh, but we've got to constantly bring ourselves back, center ourselves and uh, focus on people in process. And where do I need to be in this process? Stuff's going to happen all the time. That's going to try to pull us out of that. Uh, but we've got to make sure to recenter, recalibrate. Um, and if you do that, uh, you'll be successful over time. Um, you know, you're going to lose. You're going to have situations that don't go the way you want because you can't control everything. Uh, but if you learn from those things and you consistently adapt and pivot, uh, you will be successful over the long haul because That's you keep- beautiful. That's amazing. You know what? I mean, honestly, that should be like my wake up call every day. Can you just call and like, let that be like my alarm clock in the morning? Because That's that succinctly really covered, like, I don't have to do my job anymore, folks, because Carson Hetty just really put it into a sentence. That's amazing. Carson, where can we learn more about you? Because I have to hear more of this stuff. Tell me where I can hear these pep talks, these methodologies, this mentality that can really shape my day. Where do I get more of this? Yep. Uh, so I do have a blog. If you search for the uh, life and times of Carson B. Hetty, I've also I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter, and, and I would love to connect as well with uh, with any listeners. I, I have benefited greatly from just being a student of this selling game and uh, really enjoy the conversations that I get to have as a, as a result of it. So I uh, would love to connect and continue the discussion. Um, plus, uh, Birth of a Salesman, uh, Salesman on Fire, and my other books are available via Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Amazing. Well, I have to thank our guest today, Carson V. Hetty. There's so much in that very small piece. I mean, really, that there's a lot there, but we're going to piece it apart 
and play it back and see if we can get into it. So I hope you join us again on another episode of Sea Change, Carson, because this has been great. I'd love to. Audrey, I had a blast. Thanks so much for asking me and having me. And um, let's let's definitely do it again. Thank you. Thank You're you. listening to WWPR and the Broadcast Network. This is Audrey Lawrence, your host, where we figure out how science, psychology, even neuroscience can help us get closer to our goals by hacking business methodologies. Thank you for listening to the Sea Change Podcast with Audrey Lawrence. Sea Change, a book written by a chick, but not a chick book. To learn more and download your free workbook, go to AudreyLawrence.org.